Yeah, you like birds? I mean, as in women. <laughs> oh, yeah, God, you've got ever so cockney, which, you know what? Given that I know a little bit about you, I wasn't expecting that on the podcast. Hey, Sue, do you like birds? <laughs> Talking about birds with a moody. This week on Walking the Dog, I went for a stroll with comedian and all-round fabulous person, Susie Ruffle. Or as Ray called her, Susie Ruffle. Susie has a cat, but she grew up with dogs, so she knows the drill. She took Ray and I around her local park in Beckenham, and we covered so much ground, both in real life and during our chat. We talked about her parents, who sound utterly hilarious, having dyslexia when she was growing up, what led her into performing and meeting her true love. Susie was really funny company, just as you'd expect, but she's also very honest and a really warm, generous conversationalist. I kept having to swerve the subject back to her because she's so fascinated in other people's experiences. Occasionally on this podcast, I humiliate myself and I basically beg to be friends with the person afterwards. I'm afraid this was one of those times. Susie said yes, fortunately, but she was looking right at Ray when she said it. I'm no fool. I know who the real draw is. I'm going to go and check out Susie live, and you should too. Her show Dance Like Everyone's Watching is touring the UK now, so to get tickets and find out more info, go to susieruffle.com. I really hope you enjoy our chat. Here's Susie. What do you think of Ray, by the way? Mm. I absolutely love him. I would like to take him. Can I take him? Yeah, can I carry him? Yeah, do you want to carry him? Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's like you're pretending to swim. It's so cute. He looks a bit platypus-like, doesn't he? Oh, yeah, and I really, I really like platypuses. I think they're uh, very cute animals, maybe. Now, this is your manor, so I'm in your hands. Yeah, should we have a wonder? Yeah. I mean, it seems like that's the right thing to do. I've got my boots on, Susie. Oh, well done. I mean, I've got trainers on, so. I know, oh, but you, really? like I you mean, can handle yourself. We're saying walking the dog. Basically, we're carrying the dog. That's what's <laughs> happening. It's not. It's... You can push him down. If no, you no, like. I'm quite enjoying this. <laughs> this is really nice. He's like a furry handbag for oh, you. Yeah, it's great. Oh, this little dog's sweet. He's quite good, Susie. He just stays by our feet. He walks yeah. with us. How old is he? He's three. Yeah. So in dog years, what's that? Fourteen. No, so are they seven? Oh yeah, seven, seven years. So fourteen, oh, twenty-one. One prime of life. Oh, really? So talk me through your manor. This so we're in Beckenham Place, mm. which is so I'm in Lower. I live in Lower Sydenham. Yeah. Uh, I, I lived in uh, East London for a long time in Hoxton, uh, but I couldn't afford to buy there, so <laughs> I came here. So, so, uh, so I basically moved to Kent in order to get on the property ladder. Yeah. Um, but uh, I, yeah. I do like it. It's, it's very different. I mean, as this is you can hear from this place. The, the birds, it's very different to Hoxton, where I, I literally lived in Hoxton Square for four, four or five years, which is very, um, it's been very cool East London hipstery. Susie, call him. Come on, Raymond. Oh, look. Oh, look at that ball of fluff. Look. Oh, I'm really pleased. I know sometimes with people that don't have dogs, you sort of rent a dog. But I'm delighted you've brought him because he's so lovely. Yeah, because you don't have a dog, we should say. No, I don't. I grew up with a dog and I would love a dog. And the reason that I got a cat was bec- I, want, I basically Googled what, which breed of cat is most like a dog <laughs> so that I could basically have a dog that's like a cat. Uh, oh. A cat that's like a dog. Yeah. So Velma is a Cornish Rex, which is, oh, I mean, she's about the same size as Raymond. Raymond just chased away a massive dog. Yeah, I mean that was that that dog 
that dog could easily eat Raymond in one bite. So go on, so Ron's so, a Cornish so, Rex, yes, a beautiful dog. Um, and so... Sorry, I was talking about Oh, yeah, that's... Um, What's that? My friend's mum and dad had a dog like that. That is a Bernese Mountain dog. My, my best friend Jenny's mum has a dog like that called Jumbo. Susie, you know your dogs. I know some dogs. I, I, I don't know him personally, <laughs> but... So tell me, so Velma is She's a... called Velma Kelly because I really like musical theatre, so that's the main character in Chicago. Um, and so she, she's, so when I get to the door, when I get home, she runs to the door, she sleeps on my lap, she's very much, she doesn't, she's constantly meowing. Like if I'm, if I'm ever doing like a PR phone call for the tour, yeah. quite often you're, she's sort of like, um, uh, the, you know those cats that sort of cry like babies? Yeah. She sort of sounds like that, so she'll just be sort of weeping in the background, but she's just trying to get my, <laughs> she constantly wants my attention. I mean... Basically, I think you get the cat that you deserve, and I've got a very needy <laughs> cat that is in constant need of attention. I and, like their um, neediness. Oh, by the way, I forgot. It's very chaotic, this podcast. I didn't even introduce you properly, and I oh, need to give okay. you your coppers. So this is Walking the Dog. I'm Emily Dean, and I'm very excited because I'm with the very wonderful Susie Ruffle. Wow, oh. that's a nice insect. They're nice. They're very sweet. Are they poodle cross? No, they're Bichons. Bichons, of course they're Bichons. Yeah, yeah they're white. Yeah, very sweet. Oh, look at the Bichons. Very sweet. Can you imagine, Susie, if I got Ray together with these one of these white Bichons? I mean, what, are they mated? Yeah, no, I can't imagine that. I think it would be very strange. I think, I mean, would the dog have sort of brown dreadlocks? Actually, that'd be quite cool. Be quite that'd be quite cool. And um, we're going to talk about lots of things. Yeah, I want great. to talk about... Um, your tour, which yes. is on at the moment. Yes, I'm touring all over the place. Yeah, which is really, well, it's exciting for the rest of us. I don't know whether it's just a lot of work for you. Oh, I love it. I <laughs> do really you? love it. I love, I love stand-up and I love touring. Um, I feel very, very lucky that I get to do it. Just here to your left. I mean, I'm not, I'm, I'm, it sounds like I'm trying to sell the area to you. <laughs> Stay they've, they've sort of created a, um, that we're trying to make it Hampstead Heath, you see. So oh. you can swim in that, pool, in that pond. It's beautiful, so isn't it? So it's like it? a swimming pond. We should say, yeah, it's like this beautiful pond. It looks really well maintained. It's yeah. very new, so you can't swim in there yet because they're still like, it's still like structurally having some issues. <laughs> but I oh, think by summer, yeah. I'll be in there. We're sort you? of Victorian cosy. Are you yeah. quite athletic? Yes, I am. Are yeah. you? Yeah. Well, I know you go running a lot, don't you? Well, I go to CrossFit. I'm one of those people, which is sort of like a circuit workout type thing. Do you think that's quite good for... Well, it's good for everyone, but particularly comics. I think it's good, it's good for my mental health, to be is honest. It? That's why I do it. So I was into yoga for quite a long time. I got very into yoga, going like five times a week and got a bit obsessed by it all. And then needed to sort of change my sort of not that I could do everything but I was like oh, I've got the gist of this now yeah um, and it's not as hard as it used to be and so I wanted to do something that was really hard like that I found really challenging and so I got into CrossFit oh that's good um, so you, do you sort of push yourself do you think um, not so much that I'd hurt myself I mean I did sort of put my shoulder out yeah. last week because I was trying to be too strong uh, which is then quite annoying because I had to go to an osteopath before a tour show because I was so worried that I'd be stiff on stage. That's so quite glamorous though. That's like Madonna when you see those shots of her having... <laughs> Do you know what I mean? That's yeah. how I want your life to be. Yeah, I mean, it's not that. What, what was it was me <laughs> ringing a man that brought a bed to my flat that then <laughs> sort of pushed his finger so hard into my shoulders that I nearly cried, but it did mean that I could be funny in Bracknell that night. <laughs> So tell me, let's go back to little Susie. Yes. And your dog. You had a dog. We you grew up dog. in Portsmouth. Grew up in right? Portsmouth, yes. Yeah, so we had a dog called Coco, who was a chocolate poodle. 
Yeah, very sweet. They sort of got him for me when I was about 10, because I'd kept on and on and on and on and on for a dog. But then, with dogs, they can only really have sort of, my dad always says they can only have like one master, and my, the dog loved my mum. Oh, so really? it was fine, I get him from school and he was like, oh, hi, hi, hi. But then it was all, he always just wanted to be with my mum. Oh, really? And so, well, yeah, so, but I would take him for walks and things, and I really liked having Coco. But then my dad's always worked with sort of lorries. Is that, what does your dad do then? Is he... So nowadays he does, he makes living accommodation horse boxes, which doesn't really mean yeah. anything to anyone. Basically he buys lorries. So my dad was a long distance lorry driver and would buy and sell lorries all of my childhood, that's what he did. But he also would have, um, the family always had like horses and it's because traditionally we, we, we our family delivered coal and really? so they would deliver, deliver coal on a horse and trap. And then they always just had a horse. And then my dad would buy and sell horses as well. My dad used to... Comp- no, he basically used to race travellers for extra money at the weekends. I mean, <laughs> which is quite funny when I was a kid. Um, just, just, a bit of, just a bit of racing. Just oh, where's Ray gone to? There he is, look at him. Come on, Ray. He's magnificent. I know, but he's a slow walker. Well, I mean, he's got tiny legs. I know. I would I, that's say that my got... legs are at least 100 times his. Well, that, because I'm short, I didn't want to get a dog with longer legs than You're me. You're not as short as him. I mean, I, I think you find it quite hard to get a, to get a dog with <laughs> longer know. legs than you. I mean, you'd need like a lurch. You'd need a Some very large Some great I went on a walk with uh, Greg Davis. But he's the tallest. He's very tall. The music a Great Day now, obviously, he wanted a Great Day. And Wait, where do you source these dogs? And well, where are they all now? <laughs> I like the idea that at your house, it's like, what comic am I going out with today? Who do I want to talk to? I'll take this one. Is that what happens? I actually, I, I go, work with the charity called the Dogs Trust? Oh, so yeah, they're, they're great. Yeah. They're going to be rehomed. But it, sometimes it works really well and they really bond with them. Like, Greg loved his dog. David Baddiel was less, he had a greyhound called Jimmy. And as soon as Jimmy sort of wasn't a bit sure and was a bit nervy, and David's first opening gambit was, is Jimmy anti-Semitic? <laughs> I said, no, he just needs to get, come on, Well, Raymond. I'm pleased to report to the uh, audience that Raymond isn't homophobic. He's very keen to meet me, very friendly. I'd if anything, I feel like he could be gay just because of what he's wearing. Could be. His very furry jacket. So tell me, um, so your mum, did your mum work? Was she sort of a homemaker? Mum was sort of a homemaker and she would sort of do stuff for dad because dad was always working when I was a child. I don't... He, he, like, he, was, he was obviously around, but I don't have that many memories of him because he was just always working because he grew up quite poor. Yeah. You know, and uh, it was my dad's dream to be someone with a, a nice car. Really? That was sort of his, his absolute dream, to be someone with a nice car and a nice house and live in the nice part of town, which meant that we sort of slowly got these nice things, but at, at the expense of him never being around to yeah. sort of enjoy it. He would just always be working. Um, you know, like even when he'd go to the pub in the evening, he'd like, on a Saturday, he'd come back and be like, so I met a man, I'm going to sell him a lorry, I'm driving to Norwich tomorrow because he want like, it would always be about work. And I yeah. think, you know, that sort of, I guess... Was that tough on your mum, do you think? Um, I don't know, my mum, all my mum ever wanted to be was a mum. And so I had like an idyllic childhood because of her, because she just loved being a mother, which is lovely. Um, 
you know, she'd always say like, oh, I'm, she'd say I'm not, I wasn't very good at anything, so I didn't do anything. But in fact, she was really good. She was, she's a really good sort of caregiver and she yeah. like, looked after my nan in sort of the later years of her life. And she's someone that everybody goes to with their problems. So, And did you have brothers and sisters? I have a brother who is uh, four years older than me. Yeah. Who's very different to me. Who's is he? One of my favourite people in the world. He's just a lovely, lovely. Are you close to him? Very close to him, yeah. But he's sort of quite shy and quite reserved. Whereas I'm sort of very big and very loud. Well, not all of the time, but my job is that. I and he's older and I think that's interesting because I had an older sister and I know Frank Skinner also says he had older siblings and he sometimes has this theory that it sort of gives you space as the youngest one to be a bit more look at me yeah I think that's true I think that's true but I I would be someone that's sort of I would hate the idea of everyone looking at me like really I like it it has to be quite controlled circumstances <laughs> do you know what I mean i.e I've got a microphone and the lights on me yeah and I know what I'm gonna do yeah and it's all set up whereas the idea of I don't know, like being the centre of attention, like in a pub, or like everyone saying happy birthday to me or something like that. I'm like, oh God, horrible. Really? So, yeah, it's always on my terms, I guess. And do you, when you were younger, your sort of family vibe and atmosphere, yeah. what was it like? Was it sort of everyone had, was it noisy and ebullient? So, or? yeah, yeah, it would be noisy and it would be. Um, so my brother's very quiet and very reserved, and that's sort of quite similar to my mum's side of the family. My dad's side of the family are very um, loud, big, colourful, um, and they, especially the men, less so with the women, but the men, my dad and his three brothers, yeah. are all sort of performers. You know, never, <laughs> never making any money out of it. Never, <laughs> and they wouldn't really think of themselves as performers, but they're the kind of people that, they would all tell a story, and if they were telling a story, they would do all the accents. Yeah. So my dad would be like, oh, so I was, so I went to Bolton this morning to pick up a car, and this fella says to me, hey, you're not taking that without doing it. And he'd do all the voices. And I'd just sit there and sort of watch him and think it was the most brilliant thing in the world. And it would sort of be like, I'd get this sort of like little, he'd do it for me and my mum in the morning, and I'd get this little performance before school while he was getting dressed. Really? When he was like buttoning up his shirt, he'd do all the voices. and. Uh, you know, you just think of it as your, as your, you know, when you're growing up, you're just like, oh, that's just what my dad's like. But as I got older and sort of moved away, I realised that that's actually quite unusual. Yeah. <laughs> that he's that he, that they, that he's so performative. And Especially given the job he did and he wasn't in a sort oh, of an arts world. No <laughs> way. Like, <clears throat> the idea of anyone doing anything theatrical is, really? like, completely, like... It, 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 it was bonkers to him when I went, like, because I went to drama school and um, I think that they were, they were very supportive and I'd done sort of am-dram stuff outside of school through the whole of my childhood because I hated school. Did you? Hated it. Oh, I hated it What so did much. you hate? I mean, obviously, not many people um, love it, but... I had, I, I was, I'm really dyslexic, so I found it hard, just everything was hard for me. Um, so then I felt like there was no let up. Uh, there wasn't, you know, other than doing PE or something, there was no lesson where I was like, and my school didn't do drama, which was really annoying. So there was nothing that I could be like, oh, thank God I've got that class next. At least I'll be all right. That everything was tough. Uh, and if you find, you know, like reading and writing hard when you're growing up, everything is related to that. Mm. So even when you're in a science class, you're like, I don't know what that word is. And I'm embarrassed to ask anyone. 
And there I am, you know, 15, trying to sound something out, which is so embarrassing. So I hated it all. So and did you think that, do you think in a way, you know, that, I mean, again, it sounds like a bit cod psychology, but I do think obviously what happens in those environments is that you misbehave, but you sort of, to, to conceal oh, your insecurity. I was really naughty. Yeah. I was really naughty. I, I, like, you know, I think back in my, I remember my teacher saying to me, um, Susie Ruffle, you won't make a living showing mm. off. <laughs> well, I have. <laughs> I mean, I have now. But oh, Susie, used to. can you call your next tour that? <laughs> Don't you think? You won't make a living showing off. Yeah, maybe. I think you should. And then, um, but so it's um, yeah. So that was what. And so and so and and I, and I think that I was also um, dealing with the fact that I was realising that I was gay and I didn't know anyone that was gay and I and I I, I only really sort of like. Used to, you know, you've got to think this is back in sort of the, you know, mid to late 90s. Yeah. It's probably I was realising that. And, you know, there were some gay men on the TV, but often very desexualised. There would be, no, they would be, you know, the idea of having a gay male friend would be, you know, because they're, they're, they're these funny men that are sort of, yeah, yeah completely desexualised. Yeah. Um, in they were sort of them camp, to be, yeah. A game show. And it's host up to you which way we go now. Oh, I. Um, there's a poodle that way. Should we go Should to let's go what's the poodle? Look at this, Susie. I think it's a standard poodle. Oh, you're so good at dogs. Well, I don't know. Hello. Hi. I was just saying, is this a poodle? Is it, is standard it a standard poodle? poodle. Labradoodle. Labradoodle. Is it? Yeah. When you say that I'm good with dogs, but I keep almost getting them right. <laughs> oh, look how much bigger you are. Hello, mate. Oh, this is Rainy. Hello. He and he's off. Off he, he goes. Stop and chat. No, no, he wasn't. A how chatter. do you feel about the? That aspect of dog walking, which obviously you don't have with Velma the cat. But no, no. That sort of, I mean, obviously you're recognisable. Well, only to some people. I've got this sort of level of fame where people look at me and think, did I go to school with you? <laughs> or were you on Mock the Week last week? I'm, I'm not, I'm not like, people no. aren't like, oh, it's that comedian. They're like, huh, <laughs> is she a thing? No, I don't think she's a thing. I think she must look like someone that's a thing. Like, I don't think that it's... Although when you do something like the Jonathan Ross show or yeah, The Last that, Leg... Yeah, that changes. Yeah. Like, that week, I got recognised more than ever before. People just like, you on the Jonathan Ross show last week? I, was, I took my um, little cousin, who's eight, to see The Lion King. And we sat down, and I was sort of like, he'd never been to theatre before, so I was like explaining theatre etiquette to him. So I was like, so when they're on stage, you don't, like, don't, we don't talk to each other. We're going to, what we'll do is we'll think of all the things we want to talk about, and then at the interval, which is the break in the middle, we'll talk about them all then. I'm t I've had to do that with boyfriends. <laughs> <laughs> well, you stop taking out eight-year-olds. I mean, it's very easy. <laughs> um, oh, hello. hello. It's all right, Ray. They're just saying hello. Hello. This is a lot of dogs, aren't they lovely? Uh, are you dog walkers or are these your actual dogs? Yeah, they're, they're very sweet. Hello. Oh, look at you. Oh, this one's beautiful. Oh, What's he Hello. called or she? Oh, hi. Silla. Oh, you've got a muzzle on. Are you occasionally snappy? No, no. she's not snappy. Uh, she's got a ball obsession. Oh, a ball obsession. Yeah, Does she steal other people's balls? It's not just stealing other people's balls. She'll find them and she'll go miles. <laughs> oh, no. Drop them at oh. people's feet all the time. <laughs> But after the hundredth time, it's a bit less fun. Right, I see. Oh. What's her name, this one, with the muzzle? Lil. Lil, you've got to get over your ball obsession. When I said that, Susie, explain what she did. She span round. 
I just mentioned ball. Does she know the word, the tone of the word? How lovely. And what's this little one? Is this a Frenchie? Yes. What's this one called? Etta. Etta. Oh, what I like, Scylla, Etta, they're quite sort of 60s diva <laughs> names. <laughs> I think right there, they're sort of in the Greece world. They're the T-Birds and he's like Eugene. He's <laughs> a nerdy one. He can't quite join them. The little them. nerd. <laughs> the nerd, Raymond the nerd. Raymond the nerd. You were so, you taken... Um, I'd taken my little cousin, your cousin to see the Lion King. The Lion King. Yeah. And then and as we sat down, someone just leant forward and said, are you wearing a red suit on Jonathan Ross? <laughs> I said, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, so like, very funny. I was like, oh, thanks very much. So it was, um, so yeah, and so it's, it sort of happens, you know, I'm not, you know, you're really good friends with Frank, who must happen like relentlessly to, and I'm really good friends with like Josh Widdicombe or Ramesh, who are both like, really, and Tom Allen, really recognisable people. So they, but for me, it's more, you know, sort of real comedy fans or people that have seen me on a thing that week. But I saw something that's happening a bit more. Yeah. Happened in front of my mum, which she thought was totally, like, bonkers and brilliant and wonderful. So I just said, are you Susie Ruffle? And I said, yeah, yeah, hi. So you can have a photo? And I said, yeah, of course. And so we had a photo and then I said, I'll see you later, but, you know, whatever. And then afterwards, my mum was like, oh, <laughs> my God. I can't believe that. I can't even believe that. I'm going to tell the girls at yoga, they won't believe that. Like it was, which is very sweet. You know, like it's, and it's lovely when people want to say hello to you. Yeah. You know, if they've seen you on something or thought you were funny or, you know, certainly if they've been to a show and then they wait afterwards to say hello. Like what joy for me that people yeah. like me so much they've remembered and they want to say hello. Like I think it's really lovely. Like I'm sure, you know, it must be tough if it's something that happens you know, if you're someone that happens 20 times a day to, but it is, it is lovely. And it is, you, you know, you sort of get what you're asking for if you do sort of, you know, keep showing off. Well, <laughs> Frank always says when he goes to hotels, he says, I don't understand famous people that order room service. He goes, oh, I want people to see me when I go yeah, into I the breakfast room. Oh, I love the honesty of that. Yeah. Like the honesty of that, because I think there's a real, trend being yeah. like oh god you know being recognized it's awful it's terrible and obviously some people really don't like it and they yeah. might not be anxious and that's fine i'm not judging that but you do sort of go well <laughs> we do we do keep getting on telly don't we, we do keep, <laughs> you do keep insisting on showing off on things and taking all of the money for it so it's sort of what comes with the territory yeah like i'm I, i've done a bit of support for alan carr and he is who you know he's on the podcast yeah, wasn't he he was and he is like an absolute like he is so charming and what lovely a nice man, Susie, to everyone, he? and he's yeah. so famous, and it happens, you know, relentlessly to him. People want to say hello, but he is just, you know, he's got time for everyone. He's so nice, which, and, and you know, and that's the reason that people. It's because that kindness in him yeah. goes through the television. People feel like they know him. Yeah, which is, you know. Well, people always say why about he's fame. so successful, or any kind of you know when you're a public figure in any way, which I don't think I am. But well, I think I once guess... you start appearing on shows like that, yeah, I, Jonathan you Ross saw... was the show that was like, like I got when when I got home from the court record and it had gone well, I was like a bit sort of tearful with relief and like just because because I. You know, I, I don't really know Jonathan. Like, you know, I've met him a couple of times and I think he's seen me do stand-up. And, you know, because he's... Oh, sweet for races. Oh, God, here he comes. Oh, but that puddle, that was, a, that was a feat for him, wasn't it? That was like going for a swim. 
You see, that's the thing. You started off going, oh, isn't he cute? And now it's like, oh, God, no, come I on, really, No, I will take him. <laughs> I'm fine with that. No, because you... Wouldn't that be terrible? Too, I mean, you're... I'm going to carry him because he's going to slow down. You'd have to down. bring out a new book called <laughs> Everyone Died and Then Someone Stole My Dog. I mean, that would be terrible, wouldn't it? I'm not, I won't take him. I promise I won't take I'm him. Gonna, I'll carry him. We're going to carry you for a bit, Ray, because you're oh, being you've a slow... Oh, you've got your pink coat on. Oh, it's fine. It's seen some... It's, it's seen some things, that coat. <laughs> oh, that coat has seen some things. Did I sound like your mum, then? <laughs> I, I mean, love I love the sound of your mum. She's you, great. When you... It's Honestly, there was... You talked about your mum in her leopard prints. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's all... It's in amazing. your act. And it's so vivid, the... I really get the sense of her and... I mean, I think she, yeah, she's brilliant. She's great. And I think, like, I think that I, my sort of stand-up, certainly in recent years, even when I'm talking about things that are slightly harder to talk about, I sort of, I really like my comedy being joyful. Yeah. I really like comedy being, like, I listened to the episode of this with Diane Morgan when she was saying, like, ent- like it's about entertainment, entertainment's a release. Yeah. You know, people go, like, you know, and that's what I love. And that's the thing, like, I love talking about my mum on stage because I love celebrating <laughs> her sort of, her view of the world and her joyfulness. Yeah, yeah. You know, the tour, the tour that I'm doing at the moment is called, um, it's called Dance Like Everyone's Watching. And it's because my mum misread a sign it was dance like nobody's watching and so mum misread it in wilkinson she went oh i like that dance like everyone's watching and i went oh no mum, that's not the saying the saying is dance like nobody's watching and she was like what, what's that all about and i said well i think you know people not caring what people think of your dancing hello mate hello that's all right don't worry so is this a cockapoo cockapoo oh maybe that's a nice cockapoo that sounds a bit funny. Seriously, <laughs> <laughs> that sounds really odd. I'm really embarrassed. We need to go. We need to leave. Come on, Ray. Come on, Ray. Oh, oh look. Oh, I'll carry Ray for a bit. So, so um, yeah, Mum, Mum sort of misread that sign, and I thought that's, that that sums her up perfectly. That she's just, you know, dance like everyone's watching. Like, <laughs> just make fun. Like, be silly. Like, and she is sort of like that. And all of our mates are like that. They're these yeah. sort of brilliant. Like they all go to Benidorm on holiday and like go to the drag clubs and get hammered and they're all sick and in their sixties. Yeah. And they'll be like, and I bring her and she'll be like, oh Suze, I've got a terrible hangover, I can't talk to you. I'm like, I love that you've not sort of decided to go, oh well, I'm fifty, my life's over. I'm yes. not gonna do that anymore. She's still and I and so that's Particularly as a woman from that generation where there was that idea that, you know, and it's changing, thank God, but with my generation and yours, but it's that yeah. idea that you buy a house coat and you start like, getting your totally, hair permed and you give yeah. up. Whereas my mum's friends are all like, you know, they, 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 they go away and they go like, you know, they'll go to like a 70s weekend at Butlins and they'll all dress up. <laughs> and I love that. I'm like, yeah, good for you, mum. I haven't given her any grandchildren, so she's got to make her own fun. So uh, she does <laughs> things like that. So, yeah. so was your mum, we were talking earlier, and I yes. can't remember what happened, probably some probably random dog. dog got into a Probably a bloody dog. You were telling me about what that was like, just sort of coming to terms with your sexuality yes. when you were... How old would you say when that first... I mean, um, is it something that's... Obviously, it's always there, I suppose. Yeah, but I think so, but it's the, there's a moment... That, there was Not for everyone, obviously, but there's a moment for me of sort of realisation of going, oh, I'm different mm. and I, and I, I, it, it, I like, there was a specific moment where I sort of looked at a girl in class and thought oh I don't think I'm meant to have 
I think this is what the boys feel like about this sort of very pretty trim girl who was in my year at school and yeah. was really good at netball and was sort of quite popular. And I thought, oh, I, I don't think I'm meant to feel like this. I think this is how all the boys look at her. And, and I remember thinking, like, the honest, the truth is, is, is thinking, oh, oh God, I, I'm different. Yeah. You know, and I didn't, you know, I think it's, I think it's maybe different for people that are growing up sort of LGBTQI plus now. Yeah. But certainly for me, I, all I, all I wanted was to be normal. I would go to bed and think, please, can I not feel like this tomorrow? Please, can I not mm. look at those girls and feel that, that attraction to them? But I guess I, uh, you know, you have to, you know, you sort of realise there are more people like you. Mm. But it took me a really long time. You know, I, I came up to London, I had a boyfriend, I was sort of... Did you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Even though I was very aware of my... Sort and of, how old were you then? I was in my... I was, I was 18 when I moved to London and I had a boy, this boyfriend until I was around 20, 21. And then I just thought, I, I, don't, I, can't, I don't think I can go on like this. I don't think that I can be... Mm this sort of I don't I just don't think I can carry on like this I think that I'll be miserable forever you said something which you know was sort of typical in the way that you handle these sort of things which I loved which was funny but also quite poignant to me that you were talking about watching a movie yeah and you said oh I, I fantasied um, Kate Winslet instead of Leonardo DiCaprio. <laughs> yeah, that's very. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I was very aware that I was meant to fancy Leonardo DiCaprio, but I wanted to be Leonardo DiCaprio. <laughs> I wanted to be doing the sketching. You know, that was the, that was who I wanted to be. And, and you know, and I was. It's funny that you bring up Titanic because I was obsessed with Leonardo DiCaprio. I was desperate to be him. Look at those birds. Ooh. What are they? They're something, and they live here, which is surprising. Are they like they're like tropical birds. Yeah, they they're like, like. like tropical birds. Very easy. Yes, Do you so like birds? I mean, as in women. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. God, you've got ever so cockney, which you know what? Given that I know a little bit about you, I wasn't expecting that on the podcast. Hey, Sue, do you like birds? <laughs> Talking about birds with a moody. What an opener! What an opener! I mean, that's literally that's that's what you say when you walk into a lesbian bar. It's the uh, it's sort of the call. It's how you get into the secret clubs. You knock and shout that. Know anything about birds? <laughs> it was the fact that I said, "Hey, Sue." <laughs> I liked it. I was it. trying to channel your mum. <laughs> I don't mind that. So, what did? How were your parents, Susie? Were they? Um, they were quite surprised this is when you came when out I came yeah. out yeah when i said oh you get, i like the like thing too about birds i like birds, uh, I like birds. <laughs> and um but i mean that would be my dad's that would be how my dad would describe it <laughs> she likes birds my family like, they were surprised by it and i think that's the thing like i think often with my stand-up people say to me oh like do you do you sort of you know your mum and dad i'm sure they're not exactly as you you know as you explain them i'm not sure i'm sure they're not quite the but but they they really are and it's not because I'm like and I think that's brilliant that's not me sort of I don't I, I really don't feel like I take the piss out of them I sort of celebrate the fact that you know I think it's I think they're funny and I think they're fun and they're kind yes yeah, so I and, think that warmth is very clear in your yeah act. and so I think that you know like for example when my agent met my, so my agent Flo is brilliant and she you know had obviously seen my stand up for a while and then I was doing this big show in Bright at Brighton Dome for charity and I was the smallest name on the bill by a mile but like Michael McIntyre was closing mm. so it's really exciting gig for me to be on this was probably 
five or five years ago, say, five or six years ago. And so I invited my mum and dad to come. And they, you know, they thought it was amazing. I was on the same bill as McIntyre and, you know, Adam Hills was on and Alan was on. And it was, ama- it was an amazing night to raise money. Alan for, Carla. Yeah, 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 Alan Carla, sorry, yeah, to raise money for charity. And afterwards I said to, I said to mum and dad, oh, like, we're all going for a drink. Not, some of the acts were coming, but I was like, come and meet Flo. This is like the person that Your like, agent, looks yeah. after my career and is sort of, and is now the person that sort of helps me get to the place that I don't know. I don't think that I would. And we be... should say she's a very, very big, prestigious comedy. Yeah, agent, she's a brilliant yeah. agent, and she works very, very hard for us all. And I don't think I'd have the career that I do now without her sort of care. And um, and my dad met her, and the first thing he was missing, sort of a tooth, like sort of <laughs> not his front teeth, but one alongside it. And he said, um, "All right, Flo, sorry about my tooth. A horse kicked it out." And she turned to me and she went, oh, it's all true. It's all completely true. And I said, yeah, that's all, it's all completely true. So I came out to them and they were confused by it. They, didn't, they? Really know, they didn't know anyone. I remember Noel Fielding saying once that he said, uh, I think people that come out, he said, I think gay people are like, they've got superpowers. They're like the superheroes huh. because uh, they've got a courage that none of us possess because they've had to do that. Well, I think that there's, I mean, that's a very nice thing of you to say, but I think that I couldn't, I, I don't think that I would have, I think I would have had a very, very sad life. And I don't know and if it would have been really... And people did for centuries, probably. Oh, absolutely. And still and, do. Yeah, absolutely. Oh. And didn't, um, and would have had a very, you know, had to have lived a very secret, sad life, which, yeah. you know, and, you know, and, and I think, you know, like, it was, you know, much easier for me to come out because of people that had been out, but I mean, like, you know, I look at someone like Sue Perkins, who I, who I think is brilliant. Yes. And I think, God, she really is someone that, you know, she was really there out being herself. You know, when I was, before I'd started stand-up, she was someone that was on television that yeah. I could look at and go, oh, you're like me. How, that's, I feel less alone. Yeah. Not that I know her, and I still, you know, I, I would say hello to her now, but, I, you know, and, and, you know, I think that's amazing that she could be out. And the same with, you know, sort of Claire Bolding or Sandy Toxvig or Ellen or any of those people that have been out at a time when you could really lose your job yeah. because of it. I mean, it, it, it's, you know, it's no small thing. There's still states in America where you can be dismissed from your job if people don't want to sort of work alongside gay people or LGBT people. And, you know, there's still 72 countries where it's still illegal to be gay. There's 11 where it's still punishable by death, yeah. which is something that does sort of I think straight people need life. to be reminded of that sometimes. Do well, you know I mention it in the show. I say, I talk about Alice and I working out where we're going to go on our honeymoon. And, and you know... The, this the, is the, your My wife. partner. My, yeah. My, 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 yeah, we get married in a few months. Your oh, your fiancé? Yes, my fiancé. fiancé. Nah, I just say, her indoors, my bird! <laughs> Um, <laughs> no. Was I your just, opening line to her? Do you like birds? Do you like birds? <laughs> um, yeah, it was. And do you know what? It worked. Absolutely fair play to me in the end. Um, put a put put a little uh, post-it note in that because I want to know about when you met Alice. Okay. But anyway. Um, but you know, I say you know it's sort of a gag in the show, which I don't know if feels a bit rum to do on a podcast. But I talk about in the show about going on finding somewhere to go on our honeymoon, wanting oh, to no. go somewhere that's very hot, but it's yeah. not illegal to be gay. You know, and I don't want people to say, oh, Susie and Alice got stoned on their honeymoon, and for someone to say, oh, did they go to Amsterdam, and me to say, no, they went to Brunei. <laughs> you know, you do, and, and like, you know, you can make fun of it, but I think, you know, I get a very, I get, you know, I don't get 
a super gay audience some places because of stuff like Jonathan and because of doing very mainstream stuff and, and, and hopefully being seen as a funny person yeah. and then also a gay person yeah you know it's just part of who I am I want to talk about the your comedy in terms of when you first had that sense of feeling funny or knowing that it was something that felt unique to you or sort of a gift or well, currency I think it's all linked to me being gay because I think that it was you know, and it's only years later that I've worked this out. Um, you know, I, if I was funny, mm. no one was really talking about the fact that I was like a real tomboy. And I would have a boyfriend, but he was someone that like was a very nice boy that we just sort of like, we were sort of like best friends. Yeah. And he wasn't very confident, but I was quite confident. And he sort of hid the fact that I was gay. Yes. So we had a very nice time hanging around together. Yeah. And he was a lovely, lovely boy. And, you know, if I was, I found school very hard. And, you know, because I was always, you know, finding, you know, English and stuff, it was annoying because I had a real passion for English. I really liked plays and I liked reading, but I was bad at it. And I thought, or I kept feeling like I was really bad at it because I didn't know how to learn in a slightly different way. And, um, so, it, I, 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 and I knew that I was gay as well. So, being funny sort of masked all of that. Yes. It was, I was being stupid. No one, I was Susie the funny one, not, oh, she's always, it's weird that she's. Is it a sort of form of misdirection then, in a Wait, way? I think so, no, yeah. yeah. Like, it's interesting. And then I, yeah, and then, and then I just, you know, and I think because of my dad telling stories when he was getting ready in the morning and me sort of sitting there and laughing at him, I realised, you know, my dad wasn't the richest man in the pub, but everyone was quite happy when he came in because he'd have a story. He'd be like, Is oh, he like, Roly's here. <laughs> Normally, Where cheers. have you been? Yeah. Like, where have <laughs> yeah. you been up to today? Or where have you been, Roll? Or Roly, tell him that story about that fella you met. Or whatever, you know, <laughs> there'll be something like that. I'd be like, so I bought this horse yeah. and I was riding it home. But like, whatever it is. And he's got these great stories. And so I realised that, you know, he wasn't the richest person, but he was very funny. So there's a real currency yes. in being funny. People want to hang out with funny people. And so I really wanted to be funny. When did you start gigging? Well, uh, I was about 23. Yeah. So yeah, about 11 years ago. And it was because... One of my, she was my girlfriend at the time, but she's now one of my best friends. So my first ever girlfriend who, uh, we were a very bad matching really, <laughs> because we basically became best friends. But yeah. we, we were, you know, we were, we, were too, we were too alike really to go out with each other. But um, she said to me, I, I'd, I'd done drama school and I loved it. Oh God, I finally found some mates. I came out there. Everyone was cool with it, obviously. I was like, feeling like me, there was a bit of like, slightly less easy with mum and dad at that point because they were still getting their heads around all of it but I finally felt like I'd found my place I lived in London which I thought was so cool and I loved and uh, and then and then and then I didn't work I came out of drama school and and where was your drama school again I went to Alra which is in sort of south London right which I loved it was brilliant I th you know the, tr the training I thought was great it sort of gave us quite a realistic idea of what an actor's life is like yeah you know in and out of work um, and, and you know they gave you the skills and my the thing that I would always be cast as at drama school would be sort of the funny one or the silly one or like the old woman well when you graduate from drama school and you're 21 yeah. you're never going to get cast as those parts so then I was sort of in a and, and there wasn't really a casting bracket that suited me because yeah. I wasn't like the traditional romantic lead 
and so I then just didn't really work and so I did jobs here and there but nothing to write home about and did loads and, and then just worked in bars and, and, and but I was always trying to get acting work and Faye sort of said to me well why, I think you should give stand up a go why don't you try stand up because I'd done it I'd done sort of a funny monologue that I had written on this night for new writers yes. and it was I guess closer to stand up than a play or than anything else and then she was the person that really really encouraged me to give stand up a go and then it was after you know a couple of years I was having a go at it and I was all right and then so and I loved it I really enjoyed it and I signed to Off the Curb who are amazing and then I had a few years in Edinburgh a couple of years in Edinburgh that were quite hard and I wasn't really working out what I was doing and I was sort of doing an impression of a stand-up and then about six years ago five six years ago I went up to Edinburgh with a show called Common and talking about my family talking and, and that's when I started writing material about mum and dad and about the childhood I had and about this sort of wonderful wacky mad family that I've got and um, that was and then from there people were interested in me isn't that interesting it feels like your you sort of found your feet and got your confidence when you started being sort of authentic I suppose absolutely true yes that's exactly what happened so I think that um, you know you talk to a lot of comics and they like have that sort of eureka moment in the first couple of weeks when they get on stage or they like, I knew that it was something that I really loved doing but it was when it was a few years after doing stand-up when I started talking about sort of the real, that really who I am and stopped trying to do an impression of a comic, that I was like, oh no, this is it. This is, because I think previous to that, me doing comedy and having a go at it was me, it was sort of while I was on pause from being an actor. Yes. So I was like, well, I'll do all this and then hopefully an acting job will come in and it'll be great. But when I started doing, so that was maybe like four, four shows ago, when I did that show, I was like, oh no, it's all about stand-up. But then it sort of makes sense now retrospectively because I started stand up when I was 23. I'd only come out two years beforehand. Like, I had no idea who I was. Yeah. I was a baby. You know, like, I think about it now, I'm like, God, how did I have the confidence to give that a go? You know, and I was trying so hard to impress these new friends. Oh, okay, this one, Susie. I yes, like this little path. Look. Yeah, this is sweet. And you spent a couple of years, didn't you, sort of doing support for. Oh, I still do Josh. Bit of support. Yeah. Josh Whittacombe so and. Josh, Ray, Alan Carr, yep. And do you think, I suppose that that's probably really good training as a oh, comic, sure. isn't it? Yeah, 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 yeah. And it's also really, um, it's also really, it's really fun being with them. Like they're, they, they, Josh and Rom are, are, are mates. Like Josh is one of my best friends in the world. I love him to bits. He's sort of one of the people that's been the kindest to me out of everyone in comedy. He's just, you know, amazing and. Alan's lovely and Romish is lovely as well and I talk with Tom Allen who's one of my best mates and yeah and you do a podcast with I do him a podcast well. with Tom yeah well we occasionally do a podcast <laughs> together now we, but basically we started it when we didn't have much work on and now we don't really have time to do it <laughs> but there's about 150 episodes if people want to listen to me and Tom talking about things like Swedish design and <laughs> what tiles he's going to get and that sort of thing did you come up against you know people often talk about panel shows yeah and things like Mock the Week and just yeah yeah, yeah. that sense that I know there are attempts to be more inclusive now, and, yep. but that sense that regardless of booking women, the arena, and in fact the whole concept of it, is still very much angled towards a male humour, I suppose, and sensibility. Well, I think that it was, there was certainly a time when it was 
really uh, a lot harder for me. The thing is, the girls that are sort of a few years above me in comedy school, if yes. you will, yes. use that as the, uh, you know, I'd say like, you know, someone like Sarah Pascoe was like, you know, she was in sixth form when I was in like year 10, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. that sort yeah, of thing. Yeah. And the same with Catherine Ryan, Roshan Conaty, Ashling, um, you know, and because those girls all did it, I thought, well, I can do it. It's, it wasn't, I think that there were people that had it a lot tougher. And I think because I've always been surrounded, well, not always, I mean, let's, you know, there's definitely men that are pricks in the industry. There's definitely women that are pricks in the industry. Like, you know, there are some people that are tricky. Yeah. But, you know, it's the person that's given me more work than anybody else in comedy is Josh. So I've always yes. been, I've always been around, like, you know, the blokes that I'm hang out with and blokes that I've ended up doing those shows with are people that are my really good friends, like Nish and James Acaster and Ed Gamble and people that I choose to spend time with when we're not working together. You know, so I think that it's you know that people say that it's really that those sort of panel show things are really tough but actually i've not and i haven't done loads of them you know more than anything i've done stand-up on tv and bits yes. and, and toured like and the been, apollo and, yeah, yeah and been a comic you know yeah. just doing stand-up stuff more than doing the panel showy things but i've got to say whenever i've done them it's just a day at work i never yeah. feel like I, i'd say that in the clubs when i first started out that would be when i'd get homophobically heckled oh god Would it's you? a woman you know in those situations i've experienced way more sexism and homophobia did you how did when, you deal with that susie did you just build a thick skin yeah or? i think the first time i got homophobically heckled i uh was i just was visibly hurt and shocked yeah. and didn't really know what to do you know but then by the time like you know the sixth time it happens I've got, I had an absolute armory of like, right, okay, so you're the guy that thinks he's going to turn me. Stand up, get the lights on the audience. Look at this guy. He, this is the guy that's challenging my sexuality. And so I would just go hard. You know, I, like, if they said it to me, they would completely regret it. Yeah. After that, whenever I'd be home, I'd just completely... No one's going to tell you after this. Yeah, I'd, I'd completely ridicule them. Because it would always be men suggesting that I needed, you know, a bloke. And I'd be like, okay, well, let, let's work out if you're that guy. <laughs> Stand up. What do you do for a living? What's your name? Are you married? Are you, is that, are you are you married to him? Are you you must be quite embarrassed about all of this. So you've embarrassed your wife on your night out. Brilliant. That's not ticking your favour, is it? And I would just and like that's not really the comic that I want to be because I'm no, my but, comedy is very joyful and very silly and very what, fun and very inclusive. Yes. But I was threatened on stage so many times by not so many times, but you know enough. Yeah. By. Well, once generally enough. men and, and sometimes girls, sometimes women, um, that I would be like, you know, if someone did that, I'd be like, "Fuck you," you know, like you can't, you because because the thing is as well is that there will be gay people in the room that then have to hear that, you know. Certainly when I'm on stage, you, even when I'm doing you know a mixed bill or a club show, people might come who are LGBT plus because they're like, "Oh, someone like me is going to be on stage. Yeah. That's great." When you do that, I think what's fascinating it's like the you know, we're doing this on the day after, you know, really awful news about oh Caroline God, yeah, Flack. Oh, God, terrible, so sad. I think it really touched everyone. Yeah. And I think it's interesting, this discussion going on about social media that's yeah. brought to light, because I think what happens in that club, you know, there's a degree of anonymity in the dark as an audience yeah, member. Absolutely. And I sort of feel that by putting the spotlight on him and forcing someone to own their own hate yeah. and prejudice well also it's quite a good thing to do because i, I leave the stage never do that again no i leave the stage i'm in my car i literally like put bag up in the car i'm off home like yeah and uh you know but then he's got to go to the bar yeah surrounded by all those people who 
and they can all go, oh, that was that guy that was really horrible to that girl that just literally came out and said, yeah. hey, are we all having a great night? I'm so pleased that I'm here to perform for you. Here's some funny things for 20 minutes. That's all I want to do. Yeah. I want to make you laugh. I want to be able to be like, you know, like my dad did to me when I was little and he would just really make me laugh and I thought that was brilliant. That's all I want to do. I'm not trying to, you know, teach anyone anything or do something, you know, big and remarkable. I'm just trying to be an, an openly gay person being funny. And do you, um, I want to ask you something. Um, I know you're sort of on your tour at the moment. Yes, I am. Which, as we know, well, it's, it's your mum named it, really. Yeah, mum named it. <laughs> Don't think everyone's watching. And do you ever experience the sort of imposter syndrome or, oh my God, I can't go on tonight, or you strike me as quite confident and... Yeah, no, I, 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 I get very excited about going on. Do you? I feel very, um, I feel very, very privileged that people yeah. come to watch me because you know like I've been doing comedy for a while you know and I watched a lot of my friends and um and even people that started stand up after me sort of shoot ahead of me get on the telly shows do this do that and I sort of stuck around in the clubs for quite a long time you know yeah comparing then yeah. being the you know being the middle spot which is you know sometimes the the sort of easiest spot on the show then being and I remember having boys saying to me oh you've got the easy spot because you're a girl and then I'd be like, right, I'm going to have such a good gig tonight that you can't follow me. And so I just got to the stage where I just thought, I want can close the comedy store on a Saturday night. Yeah. You know, I did the, the whole journey of getting to that. And then, and so now because I can tour. Well, like, can I say, I went to get tickets for your Soho Theatre run and they were sold out. So you're having yes. to do some more. Yeah, yeah, we've had to extend. With this tour that I'm on, we did it in autumn and then we've extended it to spring. Now it, we're just about to um, extend it all, all the way through next the autumn coming. But, and, and so I don't think, you know, because I've spent 10 years in and out of the clubs and playing places that are a bit tougher and people aren't coming to see you, they're just kind of going to see comedy, that I... When, you know, I've got a really fun playlist that I will always have. I'll always open up the speakers so that I can hear it in my dressing room while I'm getting ready. What do you have on it? Uh, I've got Dolly Parton. I've got Shaka Khan. Shaka uh, Khan? Shaka Khan, Khan. Khan. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, I'm Every Woman. Uh, just loads of... Some Beyonce, uh, some Tegan and Sarah, which are these... Um, they're these Canadian twins who are gay, who are massive in the LGBT mm. world. And it's just one really upbeat song, but that's basically for any of the gay girls that come and go, <laughs> oh, it's Tegan and Sarah, because we're the only people that know about them. Which, and, and anybody else that's listening will be like, oh, this is a nice upbeat, <laughs> sweet little song. So you and like the happy upbeat, that's interesting. You're not into the sort of introspective Smiths. But that, no, that, but that's not me either. Really? No, I'd love, you know, I'd love to think, like, oh, you know, I guess at the heart, you know, I'm an artist or I'm a poet and I just do so. Like, no, I just want to be funny. I like funny things, I like funny people. I, you know, I, I like big, loud stand-up. I always ask everyone this question, but have you had therapy ever? Yeah, 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 I had therapy a little, not, not that much, but after my nan died and after a breakdown of a relationship when I felt a bit uh, lost. Not for very long, yeah. for a few months when I was... Did you find it helpful? Yeah, I found it really helpful. I, I also felt I'd been like, yeah, there was like a friend that I felt really let me down and yeah, my girlfriend broke up with me and my nan died and... I was just, yeah, I just Multiple was... losses. Yeah, and it just felt really... Um, and I was very, very close to my nan. And, I, you know, she was in her 90s, so I knew, you know, I, was, I knew it was going to happen eventually. But um, I was still sort of stunned by the loss of it. And, yeah, and then I sort of, you know, I would probably say that I drank a bit too much, I made some bad decisions. I was consistently leaning out of my window, smoking Marlboro Lights. <laughs> And then I'm glad that you were leaning out of your window. Leaning out of my window. That shows I haven't given up yet. I still Not, want the yeah, room to smell yeah, nice. Yeah, exactly. Tomorrow morning. <laughs> um, and then I, yeah. And so I had a little bit of therapy. 
I wouldn't be someone that would say that they were sort of in therapy or did yeah. they, you know, I did a little bit of therapy and I found it helpful to me. And you know, I would, I would say that I'm someone that's anxious. Are I you? consistently yeah. worry. Yeah. yeah, I'll be like, oh God, was I, I went to that party and I was trying to be funny <laughs> and I made everyone laugh, but do they really think, oh God, why did she come? You know, and that sort of thing. And, do oh. you get that thing of like, when you're in a social environment and you know you're going well, it's like a gig where you're in oh, the room. Oh, absolutely. And then yeah. afterwards you think, I know I went well, but are they saying, yeah, but she was so loud. Yeah, yeah, so all of that. Yeah, yeah, all of that. Do you feel that? Yeah, all of that. Or I think like, oh God, I said that thing about <laughs> six years ago. Oh God, that was awful. Oh, oh God, do you remember? Some, that, that, that person misunderstood what I said and then we had on having a conversation. I didn't really know what they were talking about. But I just sort of didn't have the confidence to say, I'm sorry, what did you say? <laughs> um, you know, that sort of thing. So then you're just in, involved in a conversation that you don't really know. What, like, just that sort of thing. But I had Rob Beckett on this podcast and he said... Oh, I love Rob. He said, you know what, Em? I walk into a room and I just think, everyone loves me. <laughs> he went, <"That's> a... <laughs> and I said, like, Josh, where did that? And he was like, I mean, how can he be like that? I just, I want to be like that. And, you yeah. know, Josh, I think, sort but... of identifies more as the anxious yeah, sort of type. Yeah, absolutely, and yeah. I would as well. So I sort of think I'm interested in, you know, worrying about what people think of you. And I worry an awful lot. And it's something I'm in a daily battle with oh. is that something you yeah, yeah. no I, i'm much more aligned with that than rob's everyone's pleased to see me <laughs> like that's my greatest fear that i walk in a room and everyone go oh fucking hell she's there oh like that that's my greatest fear or that like my friends secretly don't like me and that, that would be that, that that sort of thing that i would worry about but i think that all comes from the fact that i didn't have many mates growing up yeah so i'm always sort of like quite grateful that people are my friends and alice my partner is like everyone really likes you you can just chill out now Oh, but, how lo- what a lovely thing to say to your partner. Yeah, she's she amazing. Lovely. So she's how, when a, she's, did you meet Alice? We were set up. Oh, yeah, I know. Which, who which by? I, my friend Camille, who is a, a, an actress and sketch performer, um, and she set us up a little... A, 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 yeah, well, I, when I was sort of out of my breakup doom and gloom and back sort of dating, and then I sort of said to Cam one night, I just want to... I want to meet the person that I want that like wants the same things as me and will laugh at the same stuff as I laugh at and we'll want a little flat and we'll want a nice little life together. And, and was this after your sort of quite bad breakup you'd yeah, had? Yeah, 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 you'd yeah, yeah. So side. I'd come through the yeah. other side. But you know, when you have a terrible breakup, you it really That's makes awful, you feel really, oh, terrible. You just feel like your world's gonna end. Well, like, yeah, I felt like I couldn't breathe. I was yeah. like, geez, how am I? I've got to go and be funny tonight because I need the money <laughs> because now I'm paying for the whole flat because she's fucking moved out. I don't. I haven't even got some time off. I've got to go and be funny somewhere, because now I've got to, yeah, make rent. But you work that into your oh yeah, I talk comedy, about every, which is I, great. Cause... I talk about everything on stage. There's very little that I don't talk about because I think well, that's what sort of unites us all, isn't it? It's the human experience. It's it's saying like oh god, this breakup where I I listened to Adele for a month. Do you cry like, a lot? Oh, everything. <laughs> oh, is it, got a sad story. Let's have a little cry. Come on. How often do you cry? Oh, I mean, I cry at things on telly all the time. What was it, Alison? When was the last time you had a proper cry? Oh, what? I went now. You need to think about what we watched. We watched something the other day. Oh, so my favourite programme, TV programme, is called The Midwife. I've seen every single episode. I don't care that it's like this very. People will be like, oh God, it's a bit sort of soppy. I think it is such great television. It's about women in the 60s who were like working, who. And, you know, and it covers lots of different things and it's brilliant and I love it. It's, you know, this series is in the 60s, so they're talking about the pill for the first time. 
and how and there's nuns in it and how they feel about it. It's just brilliant, okay? And last week there was a baby that didn't make it and I was, oh, I was a mess for about 45 <laughs> minutes afterwards. And Alice had to be like, darling, I know it's so sad, but if, Alice had to say to me, she was like, look, that was a TV show. <laughs> and if a baby was born now with a heart defect like that, they'd probably live. And Alice had, and I, and, and I just because I, 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 I cry. I remember crying at a cancer research advert. Yeah. And my friend, uh, my friend Jenny being like, come on, babe, this, you gotta, you gotta come on, babe. <laughs> like, just being like, oh God, there was a cancer research advert. Susie, that's a good t- sweatshirt. You gotta come on, babe. <laughs> you gotta come on, babe. Come on, babe. You gotta. Uh, it sounds like. What were your parents like with crying? Oh, my dad know? weeps. Oh, I love him. Yeah, my dad. I, we I couldn't him. have. Um, we, we couldn't have Great Ormond Street on in the house. Do you remember that TV show about Great Ormond Street Hospital? My dad couldn't have it on. So they go, fucking hell, them poor kids. Oh, God, in the li- turn it off, turn it off. He just couldn't have it. Couldn't have it in the but house. Would you say that's quite unusual for a man of his generation? No, all of his friends are like it. Really? And he's like it. Yeah, and they're actually very sweet. They I like, love that. They'll occasionally, like, you know, there was, if there's a kid that's like poorly that needs treatment or something, like, it's very common for my dad to be going to like a charity do and to chuck some money in if they're raising money for a little charity in Portsmouth. I think it, it's really important to watch things that upset you. Well, yeah, I also think like... Because I think it's about like, if you can't feel... Um, it's like you don't get one without the other. I think no. to get real joy, you have to get real pain oh, as absolutely. well. Oh, absolutely. It's, it's, yeah, it's the, 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 the two sides, isn't it? And I, like, I love Cariad's podcast, Griefcast. Which yes, of course I you've do. done. Yeah. And I and I did it talking about my nan. Yes. And I love her podcast and I very often will have a, like a little weep on the way to a gig while really? I'm listening to it. But I think, you know, these things happen to all of us and I think that, you know, that's part of the reason I talk about that sort of stuff on stage. I talked about, you know, feeling so lost. I, I, yes. I in my I talked about feeling so lost after my nan died and the, the desperation I found to go have a sandwich at her house her house. That was all I really wanted to have a sandwich at her house. And, and how I felt after the breakup of a relationship. But I was so pleased that I, once I met Alice, I was like, oh, I'm totally fine with that terrible breakup. Because it yes. really, it was awful, but it was, it was the right thing to happen because we weren't great together. Really? We were great together for a bit, yes. and then we weren't great together. You know, I learned so much from being so on the floor. I really learned who my friends were. Yeah, you really I really learned, you know, who picked up the phone, who checked in on me, who had me, you know, my one of my one of my best friends, Rose. Like I went around her house. I ate so much, like I ate so much of her food and drank so much of her wine and just kept having the same, you know, because I think friendship friendship is sometimes having the same conversation in different places. Do you know what I mean? (laughs) Like you talk for a bit, I talk for a bit, we talk about that person. I tell you something that you've told me. We both talk about the thing that we've just pretended that we've heard for the first time. That's friendship, isn't you it? Know, when you met Alice, did you have that feeling of this? You know, people all say it feels like coming home, sort of thing. You feel, um, or did it take a while? Or was no, it, it was. It was. You had the date. Quick. We had the date. How and was the really, date? Where was it? We went to a. Uh, we, so the thing was, we'd met at a wedding, but we were outside <laughs> chatting, and um, and I just thought she was lovely and kind and sweet and pretty and all those things, and then. Um, she, then I was, uh, the, the, I mean, it's so boring. The next week I got tonsillitis. And so um, I was already planning on going home to Portsmouth. I was like, I'm going to stay there for a week. 
and just recoup and stay at home and be with mum. And um, she, and I, so I texted her being like, oh, I've, I've got some size, I'm really poorly. And then she texted me every couple of days being like, oh, how's your throat? Are you feeling all right? And I was like, You know oh, when you get the ping and you're so excited it's there? Yeah, yeah, exactly oh. that. And then I think that, and then we met up at a place called Map Maison, which is like a place where I used to live, near where I used to live, which is a cocktail bar in sort of Shoreditch. And um, we, we just got on really well. And then I think more than anything, I was completely blown over by how kind she was. She was talking about her friends and she was talking about her niece. Yeah. She was talking about her mum and she was talking about all these different people in her life. And you do that bit where you sort of decide how much you're going to share. And I just remember thinking she is maybe the, one of the kindest people I've ever met. And for, from that moment to now, I'm, com- still, I'm convinced of it. And so I'm very, yeah, I'm very, very lucky. Yeah, we're very, very kind to each other. And I don't know that I've been in relationships. Do you row? When you row, what do you row about? You seem quite a sort of chilled out person. Oh, no, I can have a row. (laughs) (laughs) I'm from Portsmouth. (laughs) Like, that. that's still, I'm still from Pompey. I can have a row. So what do you Uh, say? I come in and I go, I'm Alice. How um, does Alice talk? I'm going to be. I'm doing it like your dad would do it. You see, He'd yeah, no, no, Alice isn't my dad. Is Alice quite a posh, lot like my mum? Or is no, she sort of sounds the same as me. I think. Okay, so I'm going to come between. in. I'm just going to go. Oh, Susie, I'm a bit pissed off with you because we, oh. well, you didn't load the dishwasher last night. No, I would always do that because <laughs> I am very anal about that sort of thing. Uh, so I'd say you're you're lying. Where have you been? Whose house were you in like this morning when you do woke you up? Do you sulk? No, no, no. I can't can't go to bed on a row. Can't ha- have it out. Say everything you need to say. Her turn, my turn, her turn, my turn. We've said it all. Right. I'll make you a cup of tea. Let's open some biscuits. We've said it, it's done. I can't bear <laughs> arguing. You, know what I like? you sort it out like an EastEnders character. <laughs> yeah, what's, what's wrong with that? I think, I think we can all learn a lot from, from I think Albert Square. True. What do you, I always ask people this as well, which is a weird one. I say to them, what do you most fear people saying about you? when you leave the room and what do you most hope they'll say about you? What do I fear they'll say about me? Um, I fear people saying, um, oh, I, don't, I, I don't really like her and she's not very funny. That's what I fear people saying. And I hope that people say, oh, I'm pleased she came. Well, I'm very pleased she came. <laughs> Thanks, that's nice of you to say. Well, I'm you just going to take Raymond well, and Raymond I'll see you later. Bye guys, thanks for <laughs> Raymond. Susie Ruffle stealing my dog. Oh, come and live in Sydenham. It's quite nice, it's suburbia. It's not cool North London, but it is nice. I really hope you enjoyed listening to that and do remember to rate, review and subscribe on iTunes.